Hi, and welcome to the Romance Me podcast. This is Erica. And I'm Em, and we'd like to say a special hello to our number one and only fan. You can have mulberry parfait and have non-onion layers. Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) I don't know why I wrote that. I wrote that down like two months ago, and it was really funny, and it made sense at the time. But yeah, I'm I'm sticking with it because I got nothing else. Well, parfait has layers. Yes. Onions have layers. But you talked about not having layers, so are we mixing up the parfait? I, I don't I don't know. Mulberry lemonade, anyone? I don't know. I, I, that There was a reason for that, but it's been a couple months, so I don't know what the reason is now. Okay. Hopefully they will. They'll give me context when they hear it. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and they'll be like, it's in reference to this. And I'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, it makes so much sense now. Sometimes I say weird um, things and I don't know why, but this, or, and I, fuck it, just go. <laughs> it's the heat, the heat's killing me. Today we'll be discussing Roommate by Soraya Wilson. Madison is cut off from family assistance at age 23, in a lot of debt, and doesn't have much of a teacher's salary to live on. Needing a place to live where cockroaches don't also call it home, she agrees to live rent-free in a really nice place in exchange for doing some light housekeeping and pet sitting. <laughs> God, it sounds like one of those Craigslist ads. <laughs> this apartment comes with a wealthy hunk who isn't looking for romance and a roommate after being stalked by the previous woman he roomed with. It all seems almost too good to be true, doesn't it? <laughs> there will be spoilers beyond this point. oh no you're punchy (laughs) oh yes i am (laughs) proudly punchy heck yeah well erica can you explain madison's situation in general and particularly with her family because that's kind of why she's (laughs) in the situation that she is well, um, considering it's been a while since I read this book, <laughs> and I just have my bare bones notes, we'll see how well I do. Madison is a member of a wealthy family with a narcissistic mother. And I don't remember if her dad is a narcissist too, but he's not that great either. And she has two elder twin sisters who, at the beginning of the story... She does not think very highly of. Madison decided instead of getting the degree that her parents wanted her to get and or marrying the man her parents wanted her to marry, she was going to go to college and become a teacher, which she did. And then they shunned her because, yeah, I don't know why. It makes no sense to me. They cut her off entirely because they try to use money as a method of control. And when she was in college, Madison met her BFF, Shay, who looked at her like she was crazy when she talked about her family and said, why don't you do what you like instead? And Madison was like, huh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll try that. (laughs) And you know what? She's making it. She's doing all right. Aside from the fact that she's currently sleeping on Shay's couch, because when she broke up with her boyfriend, she had nowhere to go. Was she living with her boyfriend? I thought she was living at home and they kicked her out because they're like, you want to be a teacher? I don't know how she lost where she was living, but I do know that her parents (laughs) disowned her. That just makes no sense. 
<laughs> I I don't get it. I really don't get it. Well, that's because you're not a narcissist who tries to control people. Um, that's why you don't get it. Maybe. Jury's still out, but okay. <laughs> Her parents were like, dance, puppet, dance, or else we won't give you money. And Madison was like, fuck you. But here's the thing. Like, I was sitting there, like, the whole time I'm going, like, is teaching just not respectable enough? What is their beef with teaching? Or was it that they just couldn't control her? I feel like I needed that answer, and that felt not provided by the story. It felt pretty clear to me, because of the twin sisters, one of them was groomed to take over with the company, and the other married the man they wanted her to marry. They basically gave Madison that choice. You can either work for us at our company, or you can marry this guy over here. And Madison was like, no. Yeah, that makes no sense to me. I think it all boils down to control. We're going to control you either this way or that way. And you're going to do either this thing that benefits us or that thing that benefits. Teaching can still benefit them. I don't understand. Not in the way they want. (laughs) Well, then they're not very creative, which just goes to show you that, you know. Well, they're fictitious, but I was going to say having money doesn't mean having intelligence. Well, regardless, Madison is looking for a place to live because she feels guilty about crashing on Shay's couch for so long. And Shay is super nice about it, but also is ready for Madison to move along. (laughs) (laughs) Madison's aunt, Frederica, is kind of off and on again with Madison's mother, At the beginning of the story, Frederica is supposedly off with the mother and therefore willing to help Madison find a place to stay because Frederica is a real estate agent. She takes Madison around to a bunch of really crappy places, tragically crappy. Yes. And then says, after Madison looks like she's sufficiently beaten down, oh, or you could do this other living arrangement. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I know of this other thing. (laughs) There's this other place you could live. Now that you're scared out of your mind. You can do some light housekeeping and pet sitting for this guy I met at a party. Not like a party party, more like, you know, like a charity party thing. You know, a classy party. Yes. (laughs) The kind of place I will never be seen. (laughs) And then Frederica shows her a picture of this guy, and he is just, like, mind-meltingly hot. This whole book, this guy, he is apparently the hottest man on the planet. Yes, he is the sun. He is the hotness. Yeah, the, yeah. And when they go to the apartment to look at it, she meets him in person. His name is Tyler. And not only is he stupid hot, he's also really fucking nice. And he's like, yeah, I don't really expect you to do a lot of cleaning, just kind of the stuff I don't have time to do. And here's my awesome dog. (laughs) I'm away for business a lot, so I need someone to babysit my dog while I'm gone. And for all that, you get to live here for free in your own room. And I'm not interested in you at all in a sexual manner because I had a bad experience with a prior roommate and they stalked me. (laughs) so he lays down the boundaries really clearly madison is okay with it even though she's super super attracted to him like over the top i would say attracted to him 
Yeah. Embarrassingly attracted to him. (laughs) It felt awkward. And she moves in. And it's great for the most part. Because she gets to keep her job. She doesn't have to bum off her friend anymore. He seems like a nice guy. And the dog is cute. And everything's great. But then she gets invited to her family for dinner. And by invited, I mean more like summoned. Like... (laughs) Yes. I believe they send a driver to pick her up. (laughs) You will come to dinner. I forget. Does her mother even ask her where she's living? Or is it just like, I'll just send a car. They'll just know where you are. Because we have a tracker in your boot. By boot, I mean heel. Yeah, I think it was like that, actually. I don't remember them asking. You know, Madison should really have picked up on that. Well, not everybody is as paranoid as some people. Foreshadowing. (laughs) So at this dinner... It's super awkward because Brad is there. Brad is Madison's ex-boyfriend. And he's named Brad. So you can kind of get a sense of who that person is. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to the non-Brad Brads out there. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) Anybody else picturing like Rocky Horror Picture Show Brad or just me? (laughs) i don't know because this brad is a serial cheater yeah and apparently gets with a lot of women that's my default brad though like in my head that is default brad whenever like oh brad it's either like kind of a ken doll from the 80s in the 80s even though it's not the 80s anymore or brad from rocky horror damn it janet but like, I think of Brad as Kendall from the 80s. Okay. In the 80s. Yeah, that, that one makes more sense. Like Miami Vice Ken. Just because he cheats doesn't mean he's good looking, though. Yeah, I don't know. It's just where my brain goes. Yeah. I don't even mean, like, hot. I just mean, like, conventionally attractive. That all depends on the person. Yeah, true, true. Anyways, Brad... <laughs> Sorry, that name. (laughs) Seems to have an ulterior motive for being there. (laughs) Madison is like, oh, shit, 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 shit. He's going to propose in front of everyone. And I can't have that. This is terrible. Run away. (laughs) Brad follows her, says he's willing to wait for her and do whatever she needs to make her be okay with him again. And he gives her a diamond bracelet. And then Madison actually gets to run away and escape. And she is gone now. Yay. He forced her to take the bracelet with her, though. She could still then just take it off and pawn it. But she doesn't. No, she doesn't. She wears it. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Because her family took all her sparklies away. She doesn't have any other sparklies. And she likes the sparklies. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Hey, you know, she could always sell it and pay for her education because her parents aren't footing that bill anymore or buy her school supplies because you know schools are so well funded (laughs) diamonds they don't really have a good resale value so she probably Mm. couldn't boo sadly well what was brad thinking (laughs) he'll give her something sparkly so she'll like him (laughs) oh wait it did kind of work Well, she didn't like him, but she does start like second guessing herself because he does seem to be saying all the right things. It's just when she looks back on her life, she's like, 
but I don't want to be married to a serial cheater who doesn't respect me and treat me like a full-fledged human being. But, but sparklies, that's, that's <laughs> all she should want. She has a uterus, that's all she should want. Just the sparklies. Okay, this is another one of those books where time is one of those things where I don't know what's going on. Just keep in mind, this could be like the next day or a couple days later. I'm not sure. Don't remember. Not sure if I knew in the first place. But Madison has settled into her new apartment. Tyler goes away a lot. So he's gone. She's watching the dog. She's like, I'm going to do dishes. But I've never done dishes in a dishwasher in my life. Ever, ever, ever. And YouTube doesn't exist. So I'm going to (laughs) put... Dishwashing soap. (laughs) Dishwashing soap in the dishwasher. Oh my gosh, when she did that, I was like, oh no. She does look this stuff up on YouTube, right? Because like YouTube did exist in this fictional world. There are a couple things that she does research. Okay, that's what I was thinking. And she does do a lot of online shopping. Okay. But I think she was feeling smart that day. Oh no, okay. (laughs) And not only does she fill the dishwasher with the wrong kind of soap, but she also puts Tyler's cast iron pan in it. Yeah, that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was screaming at her not to do that. Well, not screaming, but I was urging her not to do that. But that, of course, didn't matter. The dishwasher explodes soap everywhere. (laughs) And the cast iron pan is rusty and dull looking. Oops. She cleans it all up. She makes it okay. And then instead of learning how to re-season the pan, she gets him a new one, which is fine. Doesn't tell him that it's a new one. Just gets him a new one, looks up how to season the new one, and make sure it's all ready for him when he comes home. Well, and you can (laughs) get them pre-seasoned. And I, like, the... I remember the price that she was mentioning was like exorbitant. I'm like, cast iron pans aren't that much. Yeah, but Tyler buys stuff without looking at price tags, I think. I guess. I don't know. It'd be a very, very special cast iron. Yeah, because this cuts into her budget. She's on a very tight budget from her teaching salary and her loan and whatnot. Yeah, they're not that hard to take care of. Yeah, that bothered me. She could have reseasoned the pan. I've never put them in the dishwasher before, so I don't know exactly how bad that would make it. But yeah, you can typically just reseason them. I guess it would just depend on how bad it was and how safe you felt like it was, but still. It was probably fine. She probably could have scrubbed that bitch with some steel wool and then reseasoned it and been fine. I'm not disagreeing. Whatever. <laughs> she didn't want Tyler to know, so she bought a brand new one. Yay. I think when Tyler comes home, he says something like, does it smell like soap in here? But he doesn't really notice anything else. Does she not open a window? Anyway. I don't know. (laughs) She's not done any of these housekeeping things ever. She doesn't know how to do anything. It's light housekeeping. It's not that difficult to figure out if you have reasoning skills and or YouTube. It's hijinks. There's another time when she hears like some thumping in the other room. And Tyler is at home, so she doesn't know what's going on. And she goes into his room, and there's a woman lounging on his bed wearing lingerie. Well, hello. A very attractive woman. 
hey, <laughs> it's awkward. <laughs> this woman is very mean. Like, she's very grumpy. And she gives Madison the impression that she's Tyler's girlfriend. Madison's like, well, there's no reason why Tyler would tell me about his personal life. It's not like we're living together in the same apartment or anything. And so she figures, <sighs> oh, well, sorry, Tyler isn't coming home today like he thought. He's actually going to be late. Didn't he text you too? No, Tyler did not text this woman because this woman is crazy. Yes. And apparently has a key, which is comforting. Her name is Oksana and she is gorgeous and grumpy. She stalks off. Another thing of note is that the dog, whose name is Pigeon, starts warming up to Madison. Pigeon was a rescue dog, so one more reason for Madison to love Tyler. Yes. She's initially very shy. She hides under the bed a lot and stuff, but now she wants to sleep in bed with Madison, and Madison likes it. Oh, a little fluff. It leads to cute little um, post-it notes on each other's bedroom doors about the dog. Like, haha, she loves me more now because I do whatever it is that she likes. And then Tyler will leave a different post-it that says something else. And it's and I'm really selling how cute it is. But it is. It is cute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, Madison does not have a car. And she's decided now that she is a fully functional adult... She needs a car and she knows exactly what car she wants. And Tyler drives her to the car dealership and it's a whole thing. He's her moral support, but he doesn't take over like some guys might when you're car shopping as a woman. And the car dealership guy doesn't talk to Tyler really either. He allows Madison to run the show. So I thought that was a really nice experience for yes. her. She had a really good experience buying this car Tyler is excited about it, just like she is, because he is her friend. I guess that's what it is. They're friends now. And then he says, oh, we should celebrate that you got a car. You should let me take you to this charity event that I'm going to. Madison's like, oh, okay, I'll go as your friend. That sounds great. Let's keep in mind, Tyler is effing hot. Thanks for the reminder. I would have forgotten. <laughs> we get reminded a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> but madison has firmly placed herself in the friend zone because she's respecting his boundaries and to be fair he doesn't say anything about it and she tells him that she's seeing someone too yeah he thinks she's still dating brad yeah and she keeps up the pretense because of the whole he might kick me out if he thinks i'll fall in love with him and stalk him or something so if he thinks that i'm with quote-unquote Brad, then everything will be fine. Yes, it's safe. I mean, he's not quote-unquote, he's a person. No fictitious person. <laughs> quote-unquote Brad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> nudge, nudge. Um, she finds out that Tyler didn't have money growing up. So he doesn't really do very well at these sorts of events. And she offers to teach him how to be better at networking and help him with networking because she grew up around this sort of stuff. And I think she says that she'll teach him to, quote, snob, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is cute. And she does a really good job networking for him. She makes it look like he's all sought after and 
he's looking for somebody and then the daughters of the rich people come and want to dance with him and stuff and then that's how he gets referrals to people <laughs> mm -hmm. not being a snob myself i don't really understand how it works so i'm just gonna take their word for it that it works this way yeah, so let's just defer to them on this I think Madison explains it like, see, the daughter will dance with you and then the father will be like, huh, who's this guy my daughter's interested in and call you in for an interview because Tyler does like accounting or something. But then Tyler will have the chance at that point to sell himself and then they'll keep him on because, oh, he's actually really good at what he does. Yeah, isn't he like a financial advisor or something? I forget. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some sort of money thing. There's a point at work where she gets voluntold to make decorations for the winter festival. <laughs> and it's because she's like the low man on the totem pole at work right now. And that person always gets roped into doing things like making decorations. She has to make like a million pom-poms and like some falling snow with cotton balls and fishing line or something. She works at a private school. It's necessary for atmosphere. That's what they tell her, yeah. Oh, it's the handmade decorations that make our festival special. She also is still being contacted frequently by Brad because he's not giving her space like he said he would, <gasps> like she asked for. Lies. <laughs> Lies. And she decides that she needs to break it off more firmly and also let her parents know that it's over. And she's dreading telling her parents more than she is telling Brad. <laughs> Which just tells you what the situation is with her parents, I think. <laughs> Back at home, she's cleaning and then goes into the kitchen and finds Oksana making borscht. Yay, borscht. Because Tyler's supposed to come home that night, I think. And so Madison is like, oh, okay then. I guess we're still having awkward girlfriend coming over. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. She starts vacuuming and decides to vacuum Tyler's room and then snoops in his closet and doesn't close the door to the closet. Oops. And then she gets a text that Tyler's flight is delayed. Closets are hard. And so, as, well, it's important that she didn't close the door. Yeah. Because Pigeon likes to chew shoes. Uh, right. Nom, nom, nom. Tyler's flight is delayed. She gets texted about it and she goes out to tell Oksana, who apparently didn't get that message. And then Oksana, like, again, just fucks off and lets Madison clean up her <laughs> kitchen mess. Save the borscht for Tyler. Goodbye. But she ends up having some because her cooking skills were a disaster. <laughs> so she's like, sure, Tyler can have the rest. Yeah, she eats some of it and it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and then she discovers that Pigeon has chewed some of Tyler's expensive shoes. Madison... Knows she can't afford to replace those shoes on her own. And she calls her sister Violet to ask her to pay for the $1,000 replacement pair of shoes. And Violet agrees, but in kind of a, oh, you're going to owe me one sort of way. Madison is okay with it. She's like, well, I'll grovel and get money from Violet because then at least I can keep up the pretense that I'm doing a good job as a roommate. <laughs> honestly i don't understand the whole thing with tyler wanting a roommate to begin with like later he explains it like he just wants to help out he wanted to help someone out i think he just doesn't want to be lonely yeah didn't he like 
have an experience as a kid where he felt very isolated. So, yeah, I think that's why. He cleans the bathroom like there's nothing for her to really do, which is, I guess, ideal because she has never done anything like that before and hijinks. So she cleans the common areas, sort of. Yeah, but there's nothing really there. She does get better as time progresses, to give her some credit. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, she fails miserably initially at almost everything. I think it's just because he feels lonely. He doesn't want to be alone. So he just ex- he just threw that net out there to see what he would catch. That's probably true. And he caught Frederica's eye or whoever. Anyways, Madison finds a place that is selling that type of shoe and with Violet's money, she goes and picks up some new shoes for Tyler. And she just replaces them in the closet like they're the shoes he's always had. And gets rid of the chewed up pair and doesn't tell Tyler. Nope. She'll just fix it and make it all better. So it's fine. <laughs> the magical shoe fairy replaced your shoes. I mean, the thing is, is, theoretically, if he does wear them with any kind of regularity, he would feel the difference. And he does point that out, too. Yeah. Later, he says that the shoes started feeling tight for some reason, and he couldn't figure out why. His feet are retaining water. (laughs) Oh, Tyler, your feet gained weight. (laughs) I mean, that that would be a logical thought, considering I... (laughs) Unless he was like, well, I wonder if my shoes were replaced. Why would they get replaced? Yeah, I mean, that would be fucking creepy, wouldn't it? Yeah. (laughs) you know it reminded me of that rolled doll story the twits where they like do pranks on each other and one of them slowly over time puts like a new circle of wood on the bottom of her cane and so her cane gets gradually taller and taller and then he tells her she's got the shrinks It's just like a form of horrible gaslighting that Madison is perpetrating, (laughs) I feel. (laughs) Reality isn't real, Tyler. Your shoes have always been tight. (laughs) Just eat less salt. You'll be fine. (laughs) On her way home for picking up the shoes, she stops at a restaurant for sushi and happens to see Oksana with another man. Dun dun dun! Being very cozy with this other man. Dun dun dun. (laughs) She's like, oh no, do I need to tell Tyler this? She's worried about how she'd be perceived if she did tell him. And to be fair, some people do turn on the messenger. Yeah. And so I I can understand her feeling the dilemma in that moment. It's like, well, is it really any of my business? (laughs) But it can be a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if he finds out, or if they... You know, in the hypothetical situation, find out from somebody else, then, like, was she obligated to tell him? I don't know. Oh, I could see, too, especially from Madison's perspective, where she thinks that Tyler is dating this woman and has never mentioned her or introduced her. She might feel especially awkward bringing her up. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think I would. <laughs> It is. It's a weird place because it's not like they're equal roommates either. No, they're not. You're right. He's her employer. So I, I do understand like it would feel weird to discover someone else there that you didn't realize was going to have a key. 
<laughs> since you live there. It's like, no, no, I just want the heads up. So that way, you know, <laughs> if it's the middle of the night and someone's coming into the apartment, I don't call the cops or grab a baseball bat or something. That's just better for everyone involved, really, isn't it? Yep. But I mean, that's the thing is he is he's her employer in a way. So it's ish. Yeah, no, you're right. It's a weird dynamic. I agree it's a weird dynamic, but I also think it's weird how much Madison doesn't talk to him about. <laughs> she doesn't talk to him about the mistakes she makes. She doesn't talk to him about, hey, yo, I found a stranger wearing lingerie in your bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can understand her not mentioning some things, but there are other things like the person, the Oksana in the room. Yeah. I can't imagine not mentioning that. Just being like, hey, I just want to know so you don't get a message saying some crazy woman came at me with a baseball bat when I went over to your apartment. Because <laughs> that could get awkward. And while the cast iron pan thing is weird, the shoe thing is creepy. Uh, I feel like it brings it to that next level. Maybe? Hi, I was in your room where I had no reason to be, and I opened your closet that I had no reason to open, and your dog ate your shoes, and so instead of telling you, I replaced them. Conversely, I can understand more why she would keep that a secret, though. I can yeah. understand keeping that more of a secret and not the pan thing, and just be like, I didn't understand about cast iron. She could have thrown Oksana under the bus, though. Oh, yeah. With the shoes. True. Like, I don't know how your closet was left open. I was looking for Pigeon and found her eating your shoes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because that's the same day that, that Oksana made borscht. Then it could potentially, I mean, th these are all like extreme hypotheticals, but then it turns into the weird thing, like, you better hope that he doesn't really side with Oksana because then you look really suspicious. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like we she gets know. herself in this weird, weird situation, and it is just not good. Yeah, we know how hinky Oksana is, so we know that Madison is our heroine. But right, but Madison doesn't. No, for, for all <laughs> she knows, like Oksana could be like the love of his life, or he thinks. That it is, and if she's going, Oksana did this, and Oksana's like, I actually didn't do that, because, you know, she didn't, I don't think, right? Um, <laughs> nope. Oksana's not wrong to say that she didn't do it, because she didn't. Right. <laughs> it just, I don't know, it just gets weird. So, here's another thing, alright? <laughs> uh -oh. After she replaces the shoes, it's like later that night or something, or the next day, Tyler comes home, they're hanging out. He sees her making palms for the school decorations and he helps her with them. They're discussing trash TV, I think like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or something. And then they're talking about whether or not they each believe in love. And then he goes and opens the fridge and finds the borscht. So Madison didn't even tell him about the borscht. All right, she didn't. Yeah, this is Tyler's <laughs> first <laughs> awareness that Oksana's been hanging around. <laughs> uh Good message, passer honor. Yeah, he tells Madison that he's not dating Oksana. They went on two dates and then she dumped him. And then they order takeout and Tyler helps her with her budget because she's really failing at meeting her financial goals at the moment because all the money she happens to save 
ends up going towards things like new cast iron pans. All the other little hiccups that she's made (laughs) in her cleaning adventures. Tyler tells her that he's not going to be traveling as much lately because of how much she helped him network at that charity event. He's getting a lot of business now. And so his boss is like, oh, you can stay in town and do that. Yay. Yeah, which is awesome, but also awkward because he is super fucking hot and Madison can't stop thinking about it. Oops. You would think there would be a point where she would start feeling a little desensitized to his hotness. No, never. No? Never. She's never going to. Never? I wouldn't assume so, because romance, but realistically, yeah. (laughs) Realistically, right? I would hope that she would see him as a person, (laughs) which means, like, picking his nose or doing something like, oh, yeah, okay. Something to humanize him rather than, oh my gosh, he is, he is Apollo incarnate. And then always. Well, that's the thing. How long, how long can you live in the same apartment with the hottest guy you can think of without becoming a little desensitized to the hotness? Yeah. I mean, he farts like everyone else, right? Yes. Presumably. (laughs) If not, hello, medical anomaly. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know if the persistent use of hotness is to point out to the reader the attraction, but it didn't. I don't necessarily think it was always successful. Yeah, I feel like it was really blatant. And if that was the point of it, I would have much preferred her finding additional things to be attracted to other than just his hotness. I could be completely wrong. And I mean, the only way to, to know is to ask Wilson. So... Yeah, that that was my impression is like, it's just to reiterate her her consistent attraction rather than her like finding his personness. That does not make sense. Please help me. Um, <laughs> attractive. I, I read it a slightly different way in that I thought it was meant to highlight how socially awkward she felt around him. Hmm. Okay, that's probably true. You're probably right. I remember clearly uh, one time, a long, long time ago when I was working retail, this literal god (laughs) came into the store (laughs) and asked for help to find something. Mm -hmm. And I acted like he wasn't a literal god among men. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll I'll help you with that. And then he grinned at me. (laughs) And I was like, oh... (laughs) (laughs) brain where (laughs) somehow somehow my brain got replaced with (laughs) jello and i did that thing where you like don't know what to do and so you titter uselessly (laughs) aww (laughs) amazing i i got it together after that you know like okay erica don't be an idiot (laughs) He needs help finding the thing. Go help him find the thing. That's your job. (laughs) Be useful, woman. (laughs) Do the thing. (laughs) But to this day, I'm like, that does not happen all the time. No. No. (laughs) And I picture that happening to Madison frequently around Tyler. Yeah. It just doesn't seem sustainable. (laughs) No. 
I wouldn't want to live with someone who made me feel like that all the time. <laughs> like, enough is enough. <laughs> My poor heart can only pitter-patter so fast. Yeah. It was awkward for me. <laughs> it might have been awkward for him. I don't know. I thought he might be just used to it. We'll never know. <laughs> it's, it's the thing, like... Does the other person know how attractive they are? Who knows? Who knows how aware people are of themselves? Yeah, that's true. And I mean, there's the thing too, like there's there's a level of attractiveness that is just purely appearance based. But then there's also like that charisma or pheromone or some combination right. thereof that's just like wafting off of this individual. And so not only are they hot, they also are just hot. Yes. You know? Yes. Another dimension of hotness. Yes. Yeah. And and that's what that guy had. (laughs) And I think that's what Tyler has. Seems like it. Because it's not just Madison who's stupid around him. All the women are. Yes. But that's, I don't know. That's sort of a romance trope, right? Like the dude is always the most attractive dude. And so... It goes one of two ways. Either he is the hotness, but he likes her. Or he is unconventionally attractive. Like, he's scary, but she thinks he's hot. Mm-hmm. I- I'm hearing you. <laughs> There's a lot of those, too. Okay. Well, I will, I will defer to your expertise. <laughs> I don't know where we are in the notes. I have no idea. Oh, yeah, I know why I went off on this tangent. It's because after they be like do more friendy stuff, they end up going to an art exhibition not together as not a date, but it feels like a date. Oh, okay. And you get a little bit of her like liking him as a person, you know, as these things happen, as we get these little interludes, there is more of, oh, wow, he's a human being. <laughs> I like the human that I'm getting to know, but there's still there's still always that underlying thread of jello brain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like like those old cartoons where the wolf does the awuga. Oh yes, (laughs) that's in her head all the time. (laughs) Later, Madison goes to the gym to cancel her membership because while Tyler was helping her with her budget, they realized that Madison thought she'd canceled her gym membership, but they hadn't actually canceled it and had still been charging her. Does anyone else relate to that? Because I sure do. Yeah, I've had that happen too. That's why I put reminders in my phone. (laughs) The last time I signed up for a gym membership, I used one of those, like I I used my own card initially, but then I switched it over to one of those cards that you can get from privacy, mm -hmm. where it is like a one-time use number, and then you can just turn it off if you don't want them to use it anymore. (laughs) Nice. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And so you don't even have to cancel it. You can just turn it off. Very good. And then it's their problem. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have that with the gym thing, but I had that with something else that I found out later. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Or remember, this is going to date us, but remember, like, canceling AOL? No. (laughs) AOL would not let you cancel. It just wouldn't. Yeah, I wasn't paying. (laughs) That that was not a concern (laughs) of mine. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, there are some things that are really tricky to cancel. Madison had the same problem and had to go to the gym to cancel her membership because they wouldn't let her cancel it over the phone or online. A-holes. Who doesn't let you do that anymore? While she's at the gym, she runs into Brad because that's when she joined the gym. Hi, <laughs> when she Brad. was dating Brad. Uh, no wonder it was a blur for her. Brad is in denial. He hopefully thinks, oh, were you looking for me? Is that why you're at the gym? No. <laughs> All right. Now we get to a point where Tyler starts feeling comfier around Madison and reveals some of his past. And he says that his father is a felon who got in trouble for running a Ponzi scheme. And his mother expects him to support her, but also expects him to support her at a certain level. And that's why Tyler works really hard and worries about making so much money is so he can keep up with his mother's lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Because while Tyler does make a lot of money, he really is kind of, I mean, he, he keeps up appearances and stuff, but he doesn't seem like he spends a lot of money on himself. So it kind of makes sense, I guess. He feels like he has to take care of his mom, which that's a whole nother sticky, like that's a sticky tangle, right? Like I could totally yeah. feel like, oh, I want to take care of my mom and make sure she's okay. But for Tyler, it's more like, I want to take care of my mom and make sure she's okay. Therefore, I'm going to let her boss me around and I'll buy her whatever she wants. Yeah. Like there's, there's a place that got broken there. <laughs> it's a tricky situation where he must have thought that it was his because it's not I forget like what's the life that she's accustomed to like is she wanting to be kept in an affluent lifestyle or yeah yeah see that's <laughs> no 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 I think too um we get a bit of a sense that Tyler admires Madison's ability to just say f off to her parents yeah. Not that he really wants to tell his mom to F off. More like he just doesn't feel like he has any control and he doesn't know how to get that control. Whereas Madison has done a pretty good job setting a boundary. During the course of this conversation, Madison starts feeling guilty about all the lying she's been doing because she realizes, oh, Tyler is a human being and I've been acting really bad. <laughs> I should come clean, but then I wouldn't have a place to live. Oops. <laughs> I'm just one more person using him, just like his crappy mom. Okay, it's Christmas time. They decide to go buy a Christmas tree together. And it's around this point in the story that Tyler starts feeling more like, quote, family to her, you know, like found family type of thing. And while he's still hotness incarnate, she does see more of his humanness, I think. And I think that she... I don't know. I was going to say I think she's less affected, but I don't know if it's really that. I think it's more like he's more than that now or something, because I don't think she's less affected by the hotness. I think it's just that, oh, he's hot and this other stuff. Yeah, I would say she's less affected or it's maybe because it's at this point it's developed into some actual kind of connection and chemistry. Uh, Madison has an outing with her friends like a girl's night. And so she gets dressed up to go out. And Tyler is struck dumb by her hotness, but she doesn't realize that's what it is. So she's just like, why are you looking at me weird? <laughs> and she has a wrapped gift for Pigeon that she puts under the tree. Aww. 
And Tyler's really cute about it. He's all, oh, you got my dog a gift? And Madison doesn't understand. She's all, yeah, of course I got your dog a gift, weirdo. (laughs) When she's out at the club with her friends, they happen to see Brad kissing another woman. And Madison is like, huh, because this whole time she's been kind of feeling bad for Brad. She thought like Brad was into her. Yeah, she thought he was into her. She thought, oh, he had changed. He'd been sending her texts like, I'll wait for you. I'll wait as long as you need me to. She goes and confronts him and gives him back the bracelet that she was wearing. Uh-oh. She throws it on the floor. Oof. And he's like, well, I need to kiss someone else because you're such a bad kisser. <gasps> Asshole. It brings up insecurity in Madison because Brad always told her stuff like that. Like, oh, you're a bad kisser. That's why I go cheat on you. You're bad at sex. That's why I go have sex with other women. It's your fault. Aren't you a fucking peach? Yeah, it's like, oh, that's nice. Keep in mind, Brad was like her first everything and only everything, really. Yeah. So she has no frame of reference. And so she's like, well, maybe I am bad at all this stuff. I don't know. Even if she quote unquote is, that does not mean she gets to get treated like shit for it. No. (laughs) Which is his argument, basically. You're bad at it. Ergo, I get to treat you like crap. Yeah, not only that, but I think later Tyler says something like, if he was your first kiss, then it's his fault partially that you're, quote, bad at it or something like that, I think, because he was the other person involved. Why didn't he t- yeah. give give feedback? Yes. Why couldn't they both have been having a good time? Yeah, which just goes to show you need to give feedback if you want to have a good time. Hmm? You can't just expect the other person to magically know what you're into. Mind reading is not a thing. I mean, sometimes they luck into it. (laughs) We just call that a happy accident. Yes. (laughs) And if they don't take the feedback, then they don't care about you. Not that they have to do the thing, but they still have to take your feedback. Yes, that can be a warning sign if they're not receptive to feedback. Yes, because they should want you to feel good too. Yes. Anyway, I'll take my mother slash aunt slash big sister hat off. (laughs) All right. Madison goes home because that kind of put a damper on her night. And when she gets back to the apartment, she finds Tyler, who is celebrating a promotion. He's like drinking, which he never does. And he's all happy because he got promoted. She tells him what happened with Brad. And she's like still feeling all crappy about herself because of what Brad said, and then Tyler offers to kiss her to give her... Feedback. Yeah, to let her know if she is that bad or not. They're doing research. Basically. They're experimenting. For science! (laughs) (laughs) Always do it for science. Wait. (laughs) That's probably... (laughs) If you're the reader, you're well aware that Tyler is into her at this point. Yes. Madison has no idea. She thinks it's for science. Of course she doesn't, though. They kiss. It's amazing. And then he's like, you are not a bad kisser. But then he runs away. (laughs) (laughs) I liked that Tyler went off and hid in his bedroom after that. Like, he's the one who freaked out. Yes. (laughs) He was overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah, that that was a nice change of pace for a book like this. Because he's like... Oh, no, I overstepped the boundary. (laughs) In the morning, she's planning to talk to him about it and like kind of 
see where he's at. And he ends up preempting her and apologizes and then asks if they can just forget it happened. And then she agrees. Okay, fine. And then even says she thinks she's done with men for a while anyway. (laughs) Bullshit, Madison. (laughs) You are not done with men. You are done with Brad. (laughs) Then she gets summoned again to go see her parents. When she walks into the house, she sees Violet, her sister, on the phone and learns that Violet is in love with her personal trainer, but the parents are, quote, making her marry someone appropriate. Violet is the one that has been um, trained to take over for their business and everything. So she's the businessy one. But even though she's the businessy one, she still has to marry somebody. Madison, even though she's the younger sister, gives Violet a pep talk and says, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. So there. And it seems kind of like Violet buys into that a little bit at this point. Yes. The reason Madison was summoned home was so that her mother could order her to make up with Brad. You will make up with Brad and you will marry him. So there. But unfortunately for Madison's mother, they already took away their bargaining chip, (laughs) which was the monies, the monies and the shinies. So Madison sets her boundaries. I will never be with Brad. And then she leaves. And when she comes home, she finds Tyler who is talking about how he wishes he could go to Guatemala, but he has to pay for more stuff his mom wanted instead. Like he had been saving up for vacation, but his mom's like, whoops, I need new stuff. And Madison is still on the high from laying down the boundaries with her folks. And so she advises him to set boundaries with his mom so that he can live his own life and do what would make him happy. Tyler's like, uh, yeah, it's complicated. Some more time passes and they have their whole routine thing. Tyler ends up showing her this app that he made on his personal time. And it's like a game and it has a Hello Kitty level that he made just for her. He's not going to release it with the level because copyright. (laughs) But he made it for Madison because Madison loves Hello Kitty. And at this point, Madison realizes, I don't like how our relationship is. I'm actually in love with this guy, and I wish it could progress beyond the boundaries. Does she share this with Tyler? Yes. No. Why would she? (laughs) Why would she tell Tyler this? It's not like he's the other person involved. I'm trying to think of a really good snarky response, and I'm not coming up with anything. (laughs) Now we get to the part that just seemed especially clueless, even for Madison. (laughs) Oh, because no. <laughs> she's making she's making decorations. She's still chipping away at those decorations for the holiday festival. And she cuts herself and bleeds and some of the blood gets on the couch. Ouch. And she goes, oh, I know what I'll use to clean the gray couch. I will use bleach. <laughs> uh, no, why? Why would you do that? No. And then... As she's scrubbing at the couch with bleach, Pigeon bumps her, and to avoid spilling bleach on the dog, which thankfully she realizes that would be bad, she spills bleach on the couch, which just makes it worse. Acid wash? Yeah, it's fashionable. How much blood does she get on the couch? I mean, come on now. Well, at that point, it doesn't matter about the blood, because now she's spilled (laughs) bleach everywhere. Hydrogen peroxide. There's so many other things you can use. Dude, just water and scrubbing. That's true. Yeah, I mean, if it really hasn't absorbed yet, and depending on yeah, how much Yeah, ice blood, water. Yeah. God, you could use dish soap, too. Well, 
That's not as Do a Google search, Madison. (laughs) I thought that was just exceptionally crazy, even for her, who didn't know not to put dishwashing liquid in the dishwasher. Is this too stupid to live level or... Like, I know that's a trope, right? Like the... I don't know if it would be too stupid to live. I think it's just... she She's so smart in other ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a school teacher. She's awesome at her job. Yeah, she's very socially perceptive because she helps him snob correctly. Yeah. She's excellent at setting boundaries. Yes. I just... She doesn't know how to normal person. I think that's the issue. Like, she went from being rich, kept person to college person to now I don't know how to do anything. I don't know. Did she not clean stuff in college? That's her. (laughs) Did she not learn what bleach does in college? (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's that does raise an interesting question, because what was her college life experience? I got the impression that her family was still supporting her. Basically almost till the last year, because that's when I guess she, it was obvious that she was going for teaching. Like she was doing teaching and this, I forget what the other thing was. And so she was kind of jockeying, jockeying between them, kind of walking the line to where it it looked like she could do either. And then she course corrected hard into teaching. And then that's when her family was like, well, fuck you and the horse you rode in on and kicked her out. No money for you. But still, like, did she get no experience at all from her friends? <laughs> was nothing ever spilled around Shay and Delilah or... I think they coddle her, maybe. I know Shay does. Yeah, Shay really does. That was honestly, like, they say, suspend your disbelief or whatnot. But some of those, I'm just like, come on. Yeah, I could give her a pass with the cast iron pan. Yeah, I don't think lots of people would know that now. But the thing with the bleach on the couch, I just don't get. Like, you could use pretty much anything else and it would be better. Yes. Like, you could use peanut butter and it would be better. (laughs) You could use your own saliva, like, on your finger. Yeah, no, you could. It's acidic. It would break it down and... Okay, so the couch is ruined. And she's realized at this point, I can't hide or replace this one. This mistake is too big. But she still wants to make it right, which I thought was really admirable of her. Even though I feel like she's coming from this weird, skewed place of responsibility, she wants to make it right. And she decides she's going to sell her Birkin bag, which is her one rich person thing that she's kept. And I think it was her grandmother who gave it to her or something. Yeah, I think it was a desired thing by other members of the family. And it had sentimental value, too, because of where she got it from and everything. And She decides she's going to sell her bag so that she'll get enough money to replace the couch. But she's still feeling really overwhelmed because she realizes she's going to have to let Tyler know she messed up. She thinks she's going to lose his support and she's going to have to move out. When Tyler gets home, he finds her sobbing on the floor (laughs) next to the couch. She's very pathetic. And she confesses all of her mistakes and all the replacements, including the creepy shoe thing. And tells him that she's planning to replace the couch by selling her bag. And then she's like, and don't worry, I'll move out after that. And it won't mess your stuff up anymore. Because I'll be gone. It'd be cheaper for (laughs) her. She won't have to keep replacing everything. (laughs) I wonder, like, would that be 
cheaper than than no rent. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Tyler reacts like we expect him to because we know he's like amazingly decent. And he hugs her and tells her everything will be okay and she doesn't have to worry about it and he doesn't want her to sell her bag. They'll figure it out. And he ends up replacing the couch and it's no big deal. Which I think, I mean, that scene was needed in part because she had to come clean, right? You can't have her lying to him at the end of the book. No. And we also needed her to realize that he cares about her as a person too, even though she still doesn't realize he's into her. She's like, oh, well, he is actually my friend. He's not going to kick me out of his apartment because I messed up his couch. Then Madison learns that not only does she get to make all the decorations for the winter festival at the school, she also gets to hang all the decorations. And Tyler says that he will help her. And so he comes to the school with her and brings like handyman gear, you know, which (laughs) everyone at work, everyone who likes men at work is like, ew. (laughs) (laughs) yes madison gets called to the office to talk to her boss keep in mind this is a private school and her boss hires her on with a two-year contract which is kind of a weird thing at this point in the year that's something that would happen like at the end of the year to continue her contract and madison thinks due to some heavy hinting by her boss that her mom was trying to get her fired i think her boss says (laughs) something like I'm not going to have anyone tell me how to run my school. By having Madison sign this contract right now, she's afforded protections because then if her boss is forced to try to fire her, she has this contract that will help her out. I thought that was really cool too. It was like, surprise, the boss is actually really awesome. Yeah, I liked that too. (laughs) She and Tyler dance in the middle of the gym where they've hung all the decorations and it's cute. Then... They get home and Pigeon is sick and they don't know what's wrong and they go to an animal hospital and Pigeon gets admitted. But while Pigeon is being treated, Tyler has to go on an emergency work trip and Madison convinces him, that's fine. I'll take care of Pigeon. I'll be there for Pigeon. It'll be okay. Tyler is freaking the fuck out because Pigeon is like his person. Up until Madison moved in, I don't know that Tyler had any friends. He just had Pigeon. That's what I mean. Like, he he was lonely. He just wanted a he body. Was... It just turned out that she was his body. That didn't sound right. <laughs> that sounded a lot not right. <laughs> Did he care if it was a warm body, Em? <laughs> I would hope so. As Tyler is getting ready to leave on his emergency work trip, they find out that Pigeon is fine, guys. It's okay. She just had a slipped disc. And they're both super relieved. And Tyler kisses her because he's happy. And it's amazing and wonderful. And then he's like, oh, shit, boundaries. And he pulls away. (laughs) And he's like, should we stop? And Madison's like, no, motherfucker. (laughs) She keep kissing. (laughs) Why ever would we stop? Let's stay on this train. And then Tyler drops this bomb right before he has to leave. He says that he wants them to be together. (laughs) Yay. And then he leaves before she can even respond because he's running late for his flight. And he says as he's leaving that they'll talk when he gets back. So Madison is provisionally happy and excited, I would say. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, she's like going, yee, 
<laughs> but still, there's a little piece of her that's like, oh, I could still go wrong, though. <laughs> <laughs> she runs into Oksana, who has come specifically to see her. And Oksana tries to poison the well. She starts telling Madison how Tyler uses women and he's just using her and he's actually terrible. Madison does a decent job brushing her off and everything and she's reassuring herself. But then later she gets a call from Violet and Violet finally cashes in the favor that she earned when she paid for the replacement shoes. Violet has decided she's going to tell their parents that she's not going to marry that man they picked out for her. She's going to run away with Santiago because she's in love with him. And because Madison owes her a favor, she has to attend the party that night that Violet is going to drop this bomb on the folks. That that sounded really confusing. It's a Christmas party that her parents hold every year and Madison blows it off usually. But Violet is like, no, you have to come because I need moral support and you owe me. Once Madison gets to the party, she finds out that Violet is chickening out. No, I can't actually do it. It's too scary. And then Madison's mother tells Madison that everything she's been doing for herself was actually due to connections with her family. So for example, the job, did she ever get it on her own or did they put in a good word for her? The apartment, oh, haha, your aunt knew about this and we put you in that apartment so that we could keep an eye on you. Her mom implies that Tyler is in on it too. Hmm. Madison is spiraling. She's kind of in this position. Has she ever really been on her own? Because she's been so proud of herself. Yeah. And she's worked really hard to make it on her own. And it and it has been difficult because she's had to learn all this stuff from scratch, basically. Like all these skills that people usually learn from their parents and family. No one taught her those things because they expected her to just be taken care of forever. Tyler turns out to be at the party. The way I'm telling it, it's like this happened after Tyler left for his flight, but I think he's been gone for like a day or two before this party happens. (laughs) Because otherwise, how can he be at the party, right? Right. (laughs) So obviously, note-taking Erica failed. (laughs) (laughs) Aww. Uh, No context here, but for some reason, Tyler is at the party, and that just seems to cement even more that he was in on the plan. Madison, like all healthy adults, runs away. (laughs) Tyler follows her and tries to tell her that he's in love with her, but she doesn't believe him because she's in that spiral now. She's like, is anything real? Oh my god. Like her mom happened to catch her. In a really good way, because she was already feeling kind of weird about everything because of Oksana. And now she's like, can I trust anyone? (laughs) She goes to Shay's house and ends up staying over at Shay's over Christmas time and through to New Year's. And she refuses to go out with her friends for New Year's Eve. So she's moping. She's told Tyler, don't contact me. And Tyler has been staying away because boundaries. He's really good at boundaries. (laughs) I don't know. That was kind of weird, too, honestly. Like, in what way weird? I don't know. Like, okay, I'm trying to put myself in Tyler's shoes. I'm in love with this woman. I want to talk to her. I realize, you know, she's had this real fucked up history with her family. So have I. So I kind of can relate. 
she's had her trust shaken and she runs away and goes and hides at her friend's house. I think at some point I'd come visit her at her friend's house. Hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. No, that makes sense. If she's not answering my calls or whatever, I don't know that I would just let it end there. If he's truly in love with her, why didn't he come and find her? At least once. Yeah. I, yeah. And I guess it could make sense because he's got his own issues. But at the same time, I don't know. While Madison is moping alone at Shay's house over New Year's Eve, Violet comes by and ends up telling her the truth. Violet hadn't sold Madison out. She actually was planning to tell the parents about Santiago. Yay. And then Madison's mom saw that Madison was there and was like, oh, I'm going to fuck with her because that's the type of person the mom is. Tyler ended up being kind of thrown under the bus by that. It turned out that Tyler had been working for the company all along and Madison didn't know. But there was no reason for Tyler to tell her because, I don't know, it just didn't come up, you know? Yeah. I guess. It is odd. But at any rate, Violet had ended up telling her parents about Santiago anyways, and then her dad fired her from her job, but she'll be fine because she's really awesome at her job. So she already has job offers and everything. I guess it's good because Violet came and was like, actually, no, you can trust me. I will tell you all the truths. And then Madison was like, oh, thank you for the truth, sister. Yay, truth. I didn't trust anyone, but I will trust my older sister who's always treated me like shit. Yeah. Because I relate to her issues right now. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, that's it's usually a tricky thing to manage in a story, which is someone who is historically treated poorly for a long duration and then suddenly like insta-trust almost. It was odd. I think that maybe the author could have done a bit more building up that relationship between the two of them. There was some with the with the parts where Madison was kind of giving Violet pep talks and then Violet was kind of like opening up a little bit about her issues to Madison. There was a little bit of give and take there and I think the author could have done a little bit more building in that direction for that relationship for it to make more sense at this point in the story that Violet would be the one to let Madison know what the truth was. Yeah. Madison decides she's going to go back to Tyler's apartment to pack up the rest of her stuff while he's at work because she's still avoiding him. But he happens to be at home because he quit his job over what had happened. Uh Uh-oh. And it's not that big of a deal, really, because he's excellent at what he does, but he doesn't love what he does. He actually wants to do this app development game development type of thing instead that he's also good at but won't be as lucrative for him after he found out that he was basically tricked slash used by the parents to mess with madison he quit his job and ended up finally telling his mom he wasn't going to fund her lifestyle anymore so he lets madison know all that and then madison notices that the christmas presents are still under the tree And he hadn't opened them because he didn't feel like it because, you know, the stuff. Yeah. And they decide to open the presents they had for each other. And then he confesses that he's had feelings for her for a long time now at this point. And at first he didn't tell her because he thought she was dating Brad. And then he was worried about boundaries. And it was just this whole thing. But he's been feeling the feels, man. Yay, feels. So they both 
confess their feelings to each other and share I love yous. And then he asks her to move in with him and she agrees. And then he implies like he's going to ask her to marry him soon. Something like that. It was kind of awkward like that too. Like I guess it was cute because they had the built up, I don't know, relationship, friendship, whatnot throughout the course of the story. But it was also kind of weird. Yeah, come move in with me, but I'll ask you to marry me soon. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Like, why not just ask now at this point? (laughs) If you're there. Yeah. But I mean, it was kind of like he wants to make sure she'll be ready or something. But dude, she's been ready since the beginning of the book. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, the end. Yay. How is the audiobook, Em? Uh, It's narrated by Lauren Ezzo. And I I feel like she did an okay job. She narrated well. Some of it didn't exactly connect for me, but overall, I think she did a good job. Are you happy for their happy? No. I feel like I was <laughs> told about their happy, but I did not feel the happy. Yeah. Like, especially when it got to the end, it's like, we're going to get married. And I'm just like, thumbs up, yay for you. <laughs> like... <laughs> But I often don't feel the, the happy, so that that's pretty frequent. What about you? I felt happy for them in, like, a suspend your disbelief sort of way. Mm. I think, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of questions around the happy. Okay. But I think they're good with each other, and they have good chemistry and good banter and, and all that. I think it's just she went from trusting him like almost completely to not trusting him at all to trusting him again really quickly i think tyler has some good reasons for waiting for her to get married i guess maybe he's like (laughs) (laughs) upon second thought maybe he's like well she needs to work out her trust issues but i'll wait it's fine (laughs) i don't know but yeah i would say in a in a frothy sort of way, yes, I'm happy for their happy. But once you get down to like the nitty gritty, I'm not so sure. Okay. So let's rate them. Yay. How do you rate Madison? In my notes, I list Madison as all the awkward. <laughs> she is. She is. I, I I sometimes felt like it was almost too awkward, I guess. Like it was difficult for me to connect. Not that I am not awkward because I'm incredibly awkward so it would be easy to assume that i would connect (laughs) but did it not feel genuine awkward genuinely awkward i think that was it is it just some of it just felt disingenuous like how you were pointing out the bleach thing where i was like come the fuck on dude (laughs) (sighs) but they were there were other things like that. Like, she clearly showed her competence in other areas, but there were... I don't know. It just... It was too much. I, I I couldn't buy it at a certain point. I couldn't connect. What about you? I rate Madison awesome. I really agree with you with a lot of the awkwardness. It really reminds of, like, rom-com movie heroine, which I think is a very hard line to ride when you're writing a rom-com book yeah i think there's some aspect of the translation between screen and text that just is kind of difficult whereas on the screen for some reason i'm more willing to suspend my disbelief 
in the text, my brain is like, yeah, but no, not really, no. And it it doesn't come off endearing. Yeah. And I think that's part of the issue because I think that when you're reading a rom-com book and you have the adorably awkward heroine, she has to be adorably awkward. She can't just be awkward. Hmm. And for it to be adorable, it has to feel real. Yeah. And I think that's hard. I agree. Because there are so many rom-coms that I've read where it just does not hit that note. It just overshoots or undershoots. (laughs) I think it's really hard to get right, right there where it feels real. I do want to give her some credit for her awesomeness, though, because I really appreciated how, how much Madison was able to rely on herself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Even though she didn't really know what she was doing or where she was going or anything, she's like, you know what? This is what I want for my life. This is what's going to make me happy, and I'm going to do it. And if you don't want to support me, then I'm not going to be in your life anymore. And if you're going to take all the money away, fine. I'm not going to need your money. And she just, she perseveres. She has, she has a lot of perseverance. Yeah, she doesn't allow herself to be manipulated by that and pulled in. And that is admirable. Yes, very. And I think it would be very hard for someone to do, too. Yeah, totally. If that's what you know, and you're brought up to think that to live a different way is a scary thing, then yeah, that would be very scary for her. Yeah. And I mean, not just money, any sort of cultural anything. Like if your family is like, no, we're not going to be your family anymore if you make this choice. Yeah. To make that choice anyway, because you know that is what will make you happy in spite of the loss of that family relationship. That I mean, <laughs> like that is so freaking scary. That's so hard. It is. She's very brave for doing that. So I definitely want to give her her due for that. I think that aspect of her character is very, very awesome. And like you said, admirable. And I think that she doesn't let herself stay beaten down either. Like when she falls down, she's like, no, nope, I'm going to fix it. And she very much rallies and stands up for herself. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's just amazing. So it is. And it's a hard thing to do because no, she had to have felt beaten down when she had that yeah. culture shock of no family, no money. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure for some reason. I'm thinking of, I I don't know if we ever saw this movie. I know I've seen it, but I can't remember if we watched it together. A ye oldie movie called St. Elmo's Fire. Yes, I've watched that with you. Okay. I, <laughs> I just can't remember. But there's that scene where it's the girl from an affluent family, from a wealthy family. And she, I think she, does she go off and be a teacher? Oh my gosh. this I, I Or maybe it's a social <laughs> worker. It's something like that. Like she, she strikes out on her own and... You know, her family is very, no, we will not support you. And she perseveres and, and everything. And she's that character that I can't think of the name of right now. And what's his name? Rob Lowe, that guy. She's telling, I think it's him about like the peanut butter and jelly sandwich that she made like the first night that she was on her own. She's like, it was the best <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwich because it was, I bought the bread. I bought the peanut butter. I bought the jelly. Yeah. Like it was a statement of, this is crass, but fuck you to her family. <laughs> it was a victory sandwich, that peanut butter and jelly. And that's what I feel like. I feel like Madison needed that almost in those moments that maybe that would have helped with her 
bleach moments and stuff like that, where it was, you got a more sense of her persevering. Like, I'm not going to let this screw up my chances to keep my life as I want it. We did get a sense of that with the car. Yeah, but... (sighs) Yeah. But I think if we had some more little moments that couldn't be so easily rug pulled yeah. out from under her by her mom, that would have been beneficial for sure. How do we rate Tyler? I rated Tyler as awesome. Okay. He felt- You're using my thing. <laughs> yes. Did I start that or did you start that? Anyway, I'm using it. I think you initially started it, but I rate everyone awesome lately. <laughs> Anyway, our thing. Whatever. I'm using it. Yeah. Sometimes he felt developed. Other times he felt underdeveloped. Maybe I was just reading the character wrong. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Almost awesome. He just, he didn't quite work for me. I I don't know. Maybe I'm being awkward. I don't know. What about you? (laughs) I'm just, I'm going off of my notes, which were turning out to be not that helpful. (laughs) Yeah. Join the club. I would say for the most part, Tyler was awesome. Mm-hmm. I almost in like a too awesome to be true sort of way, though. And I think I've brought up this movie in prior episodes. But, you know, my big fat Greek wedding, the male protagonist in that movie where he's just perfect. Yeah. Nothing bothers him. And he will support her no matter what. Sure, he'll join her religion. Sure, he'll let her family badger him. It's fine. He loves her. It's good. Yeah. And you get like a little bit of that sense from Tyler a bit. Maybe that's what it is. And I think part of it is because we're not in his head at all. So we don't get a whole lot of intimate proximity with his issues. I mean, we know he has them, but we don't really know a lot about them. And Madison, while she cares about his issues, she has her own that she's absorbed in. Yeah. I think I really appreciated a lot of the things about him. He was like an admirable guy. Yeah, he was a decent guy, and that's always nice. Yeah, he rescues dogs, and he ho- he gives homes to unfortunate people, and he <laughs> takes care of his mom, even though he shouldn't take care of her as much as he does. Boundaries. You know, he quits his job when he realizes what happened. Yeah. He makes Madison feel better about the whole couch debacle. But then he's also rug sweeping all the stuff that Madison lied to him about. Like, oh, it's fine. It's okay. And he's he's also um, like, oh, I've loved you a long time, but I was afraid to overstep that boundary that I set because, of course, you can't ever change your boundaries or whatever. I don't know. He just wasn't well-rounded to me. So he was kind of like an awesome flat character, but not like an awesome three-dimensional character. Yeah, I think you and I are saying similar things. Maybe not identical things, but similar things. Yeah, so I'm going to say too awesome to be true. That's that's his rating. <laughs> that's a good rating. I think that's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> What about the antagonists slash villains in the story? For my list of antagonists, I put Madison's parents, especially the mother who is, was it Machiavellian, diabolical, all that stuff. Yeah, she's terrible. She is. She's terrible, but I don't know. Like, I, this is a me thing, but if you're going to make a parent, you know how you're like weird about like when the, the love interest is 
on the antagonist list. Yeah. For some reason, even though it's really understandable for them to be, I f- sometimes feel weird when parents are on there. Oh. This is something I'm learning about myself as we read all these books and <laughs> talk about them. <laughs> I don't think this is something that I've, I've ever thought of before or given as much thought to is because I think for even though they can be on that list, it's really hard for them to be a good version of an antagonist on that list for me, because part of me is always wondering, but you love your kid, right? (laughs) (laughs) And maybe maybe that's my hang up and my hook and my issue, because for a parent to be that, that diabolical, for her mother to go to all that trouble. It's like, okay, I will find this way more understanding. Still bad. You shouldn't, <laughs> should not try to manipulate c- your kid's life to this degree at all. But it would make more sense to me if it came from a place of love. That does not mean that it's right. You know, it just seems like she was diabolical for diabolical sake. I don't know. I think as far as the mother goes, and I'll let you continue your list in a second. I just don't want it to be weird when I talk about it later. But I think as far as the mother goes, and I use this word a lot, but I kind of do feel like she actually has narcissism. Mm. Like she has a mental illness that is an issue for her. A lot of the things that she does, it really feels that way to me. Not that I'm a therapist or psychologist or whatever capable of diagnosing anyone and not that she's real but (laughs) very important point there (laughs) (laughs) but it really does feel that way to me because she's very much like i'm going to manipulate you and it's all about me how it reflects on me yeah how it reflects on me how it benefits me how it hurts me and she just pulls in whoever to keep Madison in control. She hates that she doesn't have Madison under control the way she would like to. And she's constantly looking for ways to regain that control. And I think it's just really difficult um, when you, even if she's not a narcissist, I think she does have some sort of mental illness where she just isn't processing emotions and able to relate to people in a healthy way. I mean, maybe it's her version of love. I don't know. But it's I think like that's the way I understood the mom character is that the mom had some sort of deep seated issue where she needed to control her child, all her children. Yeah, it was all of them. Just the other ones conformed for the most part. Yeah, I don't know. So I gave her mom because you don't really see the dad. I don't think too much. An awkward and maybe that's why it felt awkward, because it was almost like, maybe that's the thing, is that she had a mental illness. In which case, she, to me, that's more effective. But I guess since it wasn't addressed, it just felt awkward. And then there was Oksana, who also felt awkward. Moderately effective. But what about you? Yeah, I feel like I agree with you with the mom, because the author didn't really address it. That's just me reading into what was on the page based on other interests of mine stuff I like to read about and learn about you know yeah no fair enough so who knows and for that reason I also rate the mom awkward I think there were some places where she was really effective like at the end where she did the rug pull and Madison started spiraling I think the mom was very effective as an antagonist but as far as believability I don't know I think that she was maybe a little two-dimensional And maybe we could have had a little bit more insight 
Oksana was just like a what the fuck sort of character. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just WTF. I don't like, I guess she she was there to move the plot along. And I guess in that she was effective. But I don't know. I didn't really hate her or anything. Although she does do some pretty bad things like break into someone's apartment and stuff. There's also Brad. Oh, right. Brad. I yeah, he's, about him. he's kind of ineffective as far as an antagonist goes because he's just like kind of a pest. Yeah. He doesn't really do anything. He just kind of bothers. He just bothers Madison. He's just there to be a bother. Basically. Yeah. And to make her feel crappy about herself. Yeah. Oh, the hero <laughs> needs to feel shitty. Come here, Brad. I would say the best antagonist in the story is probably Violet because she mm. had a character arc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go Violet. I enjoyed that. I was kind of hoping that we would get some more from the sister, too, but we didn't really as much. Although she does change a bit, we really get more insight into Violet's character. And I would have appreciated even more, honestly, have some more of that sister bond develop. I think that would have been beneficial to the story. Yeah. Is this a series? Like, maybe maybe there is later on. Not that the story couldn't have benefited from it now, but... I don't think it is, actually. I felt like it was getting built up for that, because she was also commenting, like, how this friend, you know, kind of had a flirtation with this character, and this other friend of hers had a flirtation with that guy. Well, I'm looking on Goodreads, and it looks like this story, this book was released toward the end of 2020. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's always possibility that something else would come out, but it's not marked as part of a series or anything. Okay. So, who knows? Maybe there's more to go. We'll see. How did you rate the book? I rated the book a 2.5 based on my level of enjoyment. So, you know, not bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> I don't know how else to base it on. No, I, I think that's, I mean, that's how I rate it's, it's basically like, would I read this again? Would I recommend this? Would I, you know, like I have a sort of yeah. checklist kind of thing. It's like, I think if it came to recommend, it's like, maybe I'd tell you about it, but I don't think I'd really recommend it. Yeah. It doesn't meet the three mark. <laughs> what about you? I rate it at three. I think as far as recommendations go, I think a three for me would be like, if someone was talking to me and I thought that they would like this book based on other things they said, I would recommend it. Yes. But I wouldn't just unilaterally recommend it. I thought it was fun. It was it was a light read. It was really um, a rom-com level sort of romance. And I think that's maybe just not the subgenre for me. I don't relate as easily to those characters. That's interesting. I always think of you as, as enjoying like fun romance books. So that's why I would think like, oh, I would recommend this to you because you like fun books. I do like fun books, but I think I don't like books that are trying to hit that sort of rom-com trope. Oh, okay. I think that there's a difference between a romance that has funny elements and then a, a rom-com. Huh, okay. Food for thought. Yeah, I struggle with the whole rom-com. It's hard to write like, comedy. aspects of it. It's hard to write the... It is hard to write things to be funny. Yeah, I think a big part of it for me is that you need, like, some stuff to bring the mood down. Yeah. For the funny parts to feel funnier. Because we laugh, you know? We laugh in times of sadness. Okay, Heinlein. 
Huh? <laughs> it's a stranger in a strange land thing. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's what he says. Really? Like you need- wow, yeah. I didn't remember that. Okay. I've read the book. I yeah, have that's the book. why people laugh. Because he struggles so much to understand humor. Well, it's a weird thing. It is. It is weird. And I'm not saying this book wasn't funny. There were plenty of parts that I thought were funny. But it, yeah, no, it's it's hard. It's hard to write comedy. I Yeah, it was a light read. I would say it's cozy. So did you feel romanced? Like provisionally, kind of how I feel about they're happy, I think. Yay? Should I yay that? Uh, yeah. You can yay it. I think I think it's like um there's there's enough on the page there. It's like a it's like a sketch. It's not like a full-fledged painting or finished piece for me as far as their romance is concerned. You know, I feel like the elements are there, but it hasn't come to fruition for me. Hmm. Okay. I I don't know. What about you? Did you feel romanced? I felt friendshiped. <laughs> is that a new thing? It might become that. <laughs> Are you friend zoning books now? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of it in those terms, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, M put this one in the friend zone. Well, it's, it's it's sort of like yeah, it felt like they were they were friends. I feel like they got along, but I mean, I didn't feel the romance. Yeah. So I felt friendshiped. He was a hot friend, then, and they kissed, and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it just uh, those scenes like just didn't play as as romantic to me. I don't know, but I felt like they were heading in that direction. It's just I felt like either the book ended too soon or something because it just didn't get maybe because he rug swept things that I feel like he shouldn't have. Yeah, it felt like there was unresolved things that like. Maybe he didn't feel like he had to have someone with him so much that he could also see her as a person and not a pillow to hold at night or something. You know what I mean? Like a person pillow. (laughs) I felt unresolved with it. Yeah, I think that it didn't mature into romance. Okay. It could grow there, but right now it's a seed. (laughs) It needs longer germination period. Yes. There needed to be some planting. If you get what I mean. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He needed to plant that seed a little better. Oh, Lordy. A little more deeply. (laughs) Make sure there was enough moisture. (laughs) Oh, that word. That word. (laughs) (sighs) I'm kind of embarrassed that came out of my mouth. (laughs) Well... The nice thing is, there are editing features. <laughs> I feel almost obligated to keep it in, like based on your stuff that I keep. <laughs> yes, but if I ever ask you to take it out, you do. I guess I'm just so used to like, well, true. <laughs> dumb crap's going to come out of my mouth, so we might as well just sit down and get used to it. <laughs> uh, that is part of what the draw is, at least for me. <laughs> what she's gonna say next will it be idiotic maybe (laughs) oh i don't ever think it's idiotic i just think it's amusing (laughs) that's because you're nice you're nicer (laughs) to me than i am to myself (laughs) oh that could be yeah (laughs) all right well 
What else have you been reading? I haven't finished it yet, and it's not its not anything about the book. It's because life is life. But I'm in the process of reading The Vampire's Sunny Sweetheart by Kristen Painter. It is book 14 in the Nocturne Fall series. It came out, I think, a couple <laughs> months ago. Yep, I am plugging along with the series. Oh, me too. <laughs> I haven't got to that one yet, but it's next. <laughs> uh, Sunday Wells, she's a witch who has difficulty controlling her powers. Her tie-in to Nocturne Falls is that Alice Bishop, who is this very powerful witch, that actually we first meet, I think, in the first book. Yeah, we do. And so she goes there to essentially be an apprentice and to seek help from her great aunt, Alice Bishop. And so while she's there, she meets vampire uh, Lorenzo. Ooh. I know, she hasn't done a witch-vampire combo yet. He's there laying low because he was helping um, mother and child get away from a bad situation. And the situation is now targeting Renzo, because... Or Ren, sorry. Wrong nickname. It, it's one of those... They misunderstand each other at first. You know, he, he thinks he knows who she is. She thinks that she knows who he is because, you know, he's a vampire, so he's got to be scary. Ah. They treat each other poorly until they start to use their words. They make assumptions about each other. They do. But yeah, I'm I'm still kind of early on in the story because <laughs> I have not been able to finish it because life. But I'm working on it and I'm enjoying it. Before you ask, there is no kitty. Or at least there hasn't been yet. Seriously? Come on, Kristen Painter. (laughs) She does have a lot of kitties. You always have a kitty. At least... uh, Every book has a kitty. No, every book does not, but a lot of them too. It feels like every book has a kitty. It does, but yeah. no, And she writes great cat characters, but no, this one doesn't. Or maybe there will be towards the end, and I just haven't gotten there yet. So maybe. Maybe they'll adopt a kitty together. They could. There you go. I think uh, Sunday, Sunny in the book. I think she's also a teacher, which I just realized. So the teacher <laughs> connection. Anyway. It's a popular fictional woman job. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about what you're reading? Any fictional teachers <laughs> in what you've been reading? No. Okay. I've been plowing through. <laughs> plowing. <laughs> I've been reading... <laughs> Another sci-fi romance series, and I want to recommend the first book in the series called Choosing Theo by Victoria Aveline. And this book is just amazing. Just so good. I was on some, I think I was on a Discord channel or something. This is how far gone I am with sci-fi romance and (laughs) monster romance and whatnot. But I'm on a Discord channel that's related to that topic. And someone asked for a book where the hero felt like insecure. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. And they suggested choosing Theo. And I'm like, ooh, that looks very interesting. So he is kind of insecure. He's a humanoid alien. He has a lot of scarring on his body. Mm-hmm. His species has like body markings that are almost like iridescent tattoos. But when they get burned, they turn black 
and it's a scar and it's seen as ugly as a result of his hideousness. Yes. Alleged. Due to his scars, he just doesn't believe that anyone would ever love him or care about him. He lives in this culture where women are in charge because there aren't as many women as men and they're working on repopulating the planet. And so they have this culture of marriages where they get married for like three months. And then if the woman decides at the end of that, that she wants to have a kid with the man, then she'll extend the contract and have a child with him. But eventually she ends up leaving and marrying someone else, you know, to spread the genes and whatnot. And the man is left alone with the child. So it's actually kind of a really crappy system that they have, but it's one that they feel is a necessity. Enter the human. (laughs) Jade has been abducted by aliens. Shocker. Lucky her. (laughs) Yeah. She lands on this planet and manages to escape and finds herself in this city and the leadership is like, okay, well, you can stay, but you have to get married. You have to participate in our customs. Wait, what? And she's like, well, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. And so she's going through this whole ritual. They have like this whole ritual where like the men like do like a thing where they like walk past and they can't see you, but you can see them and you write down like the number they're holding and stuff. And she sees this guy and she's like super intrigued by him. She thinks he's super hot, but he's also Mr. Grumpy Pants. You know how I love Mr. Grumpy Pants. Yes, he is quite grumpy. (laughs) And he has grumpy pants. He does. (laughs) I don't know. There's just something about it. If the author does it right, and this author does, it's amazing. Anyway, she ends up choosing him, hence choosing Theo, and they get, quote, married, which is like a three-month contract, and he takes her back to his place, but he thinks she's a spy, because why else would she choose him? Yes. She's beautiful and wonderful and could be with anyone. Why would she be with this hideous beast? (laughs) He's a mercenary and has like a bunch of secrets. And so he thinks that she's spying on him and he's decided he's going to figure out what her deal is. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it's really, really cute and good. I really liked it. And every book in the series so far has been really good. It's called the Clacanian series. Yeah, I really liked her world building. Yeah, it was really good. I liked the different cultural aspects. And that's it for this time. Check out our website, romancemepodcast.com, for show notes, other episodes, and our upcoming reads. And don't forget, you can subscribe on Apple, Google, Amazon, or Spotify, or come find us on Twitter at RomanceMeCast. Speaking of Twitter, were you romanced by Madison and Tyler's story? Let us know what you think. And of course, join us next time when we discuss The Corsair's Captain by Ruby Dixon. Hell yeah! <laughs> We've got to read a Ruby book. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. Yay! I am like a Ruby super fan. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's good to, good to have things. Hey, you know what? Hey, she knows what my things are. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but Space Pirate. It's got things for you too. I do love me some pirates.